we welcome back to the show today, Callum Barnes. How are you doing today, Callum? I'm doing very well, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I obviously did a, an okay job the first time around, right? I think I've, I've got a little podcast reviewing app and I think you average four and a half out of ten. So maybe you'll do a little oh, bit better. No, I'm joking. I'm just, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. It's just like as critical as the melts the five-star rating. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I've just been listening. So we'll talk about this more in because uh, Callum's going to hang around for two episodes. But I've been yeah. listening to a really fascinating podcast Um all about WrestleMania 3. But you know what? I'm actually going to not talk about that now. I'll talk about that next episode. So there's a, anyone Ooh. that's listening to that now is on tenterhooks, but about, Absolutely. and there's lots to do with melts and the Observer around the time, but we'll save that for next week. Um, so we're actually recording this a full 20 days before this show is released. So it's a little tricky to do our normal catch up on current events. So I'm actually going to spring something on you that I've okay. not prepared you for, for our little preamble. So we've not discussed oh, no. this to get ready. Top Three films of all time and why? Go. Like non-wrestling related? Non, non-wrestling non related. Three films, any genre. Oh my what God. Are they? I know this. Top of my, uh, absolutely. I've always got to say, no particular order. I yep. absolutely love the first Alien film. Oh, I've watched that quite recently, actually. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And my parents, and this is how probably bad or good, depending on your thought process, how you know their parenting was i watched that when i was really young like oh, i watched that <laughs> yeah 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 um and they said oh you gotta watch this like they were always big into their films and they got me to watch everything and alien was one of those films where i was so scared watching it and it stayed with me and actually it's so incredibly good and it's it's one of those original horrors that it's just still holds up today it is really you good. might have a little giggle of when the alien first runs across the table but that moment where everything happens and you're on tender hooks the whole time brilliant film that that's definitely a go-to film definitely top say, three sigourney weaver as well wow i have to say yeah. that's <laughs> that also did you ever see the film yeah. with her and jennifer love hewitt and they played mother daughter <laughs> mother daughter swindlers called heartbreakers Great film. Absolutely great. Okay. Film. That's that's not in the top three. <laughs> that's not in my top three either, but that's a completely a complete tangent there. But Sigourney Weaver, big Number, fan of her work. This is tough because top five is always an easy one, but it's narrowing it down. Okay, another one that I absolutely love, and I, I could watch this any time of the day, any day of the week. Midnight in Paris. You know, Owen Wilson. Oh, I'm not uh no, I haven't seen that, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, so it's a Woody Allen film. I think it was like 2009, 2010. And obviously set in Paris and Owen Wilson plays a very like disgruntled Hollywood writer. Like he thinks he's a Hollywood hack, but he really wants to write like a proper novel. Anyway, he's on holiday with his fiance to Paris and something happens. He's out at night and he, he's got insomnia or, or just can't uh, write his block. And so he walks the streets of Paris at night and he goes back in time, back to the 90s. And he's like bumping shoulders, rubbing shoulders with these literary idols. And it's so good. And it's got oh, the really? Woody Allen comic writing. And it's it's a little bit of a rom-com, but also not at the same time. And it makes you think. And it's they call it fantasy comedy. And it, I'd highly recommend anyone check Midnight in Paris out. Is his love interest in that, Rachel McAdams? Oh, okay. So that is the fiancé. I might ah, spoil it there, but that's not. No, no, no. I just, I just googled it. Um, and interestingly, they're the love interest in Wedding Crashers, aren't they? 
those two because as soon as i yeah I think, they are yeah. aren't they oh yeah. yes they are yeah yeah yeah. as soon as i googled yeah, it i saw that those those two and i thought that's quite because i think wedding crashes was probably if i had to guess maybe 2006 so that's not yeah. all that long this was midnight in paris was 2011 yeah 2005 wedding crashes so they obviously had a good time working together they that's, must have been they must have enjoyed working together and rachel mcadams does that perfect portrayal of a like a real bitchy character she did it in mean girls yes yeah she does that so well and i know she also starred in about time where she plays a lovely sweet cute character which is still i think she's an incredible actress but she plays that like pun intended mean girl so well yeah. and, and she plays it in midnight in paris so that's oh, a real I'll delight try and check that out check it out um, so am i gonna know the third two. one we might show what let's go top five actually because I'm, I'm enjoying okay. it so let's go okay. all the way through top five um Okay, so I'll, I'll let you into one recent film now, which I think is my best film I've seen in the last two years. It's the recent Dune film, or Dune. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, no, no. Amazing, amazing. I've been a Dune fan of the books for, for a number of years, and they had that awful film that, that, was, that had Sting in it, I think in like 84 or something like that. It oh, was like, really? It was terrible. It was so bad. <laughs> but... Um, Sting they, the they musician rather than Sting the, the wrestler. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it yeah, sad that my f- first thing was, that's a bit early for Sting the wrestler? Because he didn't debut till 86, and obviously I realised it's not going to be Sting <laughs> yeah. the wrestler, is it? Yeah, he gave so. up his uh, Hollywood career. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to join the UWA. His bud in Hollywood career, yeah. yeah. yeah this isn't for me. Yeah, he, um, uh, um, yeah, so June came out uh, last year, and it had been held up from the pandemic, and but what a... What a wait. And it was part one. And the director had even committed to saying, I'm going to split the first book up into two films. And they hadn't even greenlit part two. And he still went ahead with producing part one, which kind of showed you the uh, the, the tenacity that he had in the project. And it, shall, uh, it stars Timothy Chalamet, who's new up-and-comer guy. and um, Yeah, who was in um, Little Women, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in. He's been in a lot of good things, and he's actually starring in Secrets Out now. But he's going to be in the new Willy Wonka film, like the prequel. Oh, really? Willy, Willy Wonka in his younger days. Yeah, there was like a leaked footage online because they're filming it in London, like right now. They're filming oh, wow. in London. Oh, and, and don't and don't look up. He was in as well, re- very recently, which is which is excellent as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a very good actor. So yeah. June as well, brilliant. And if you're into sci-fi, if you're into space operas. Um, and if you're of the belief that you know George Lucas stole everything to make uh, Star Wars from Dune, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're correct because he did. He stole every concept to make Star Wars. It's oh quite wow! Amazing. I, when are you a bit of a sci-fi it. buff then, by by a chance? Little bit. Yeah, a little I think, bit. And a film buff overall, I think. I think we probably talked about this a little because yeah. you and Charlotte talked about this in Japan. I'm sure because she's a bit of a film buff as well. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay. That's three. Um, what are four and five? Four and five. Um, I got this. This is real nostalgic, but like the the rush rush hour two in particular. Okay. You know, I was younger, and <laughs> Jackie Chang was just the, the best ever. Any film with Jackie Chang in it, and Rush Hour two. Well, Rush Hour one was incredible, but Rush Hour two just hit the nail on the head with Chris Tucker. I've probably seen that film more than any other film in my whole entire life. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you're a fan of martial art films as well, that that'll um, that's definitely one. And comedy as well. You can probably see there's a few comedies in there. But um, 
I don't know when this oh, is coming off on the recording, if you can hear it, but there's a cat purring right next to me. So it's not, you do not have a problem with your earbuds if you listen to this. This is Mabel the cat purring away. She's not seen me all day. So there we go. Ever the Yeah, she's sweet. I can see her like walking up, walking in the background. And... <laughs> yeah, she made a couple of guest appearances on our last... Uh... Well, funnily enough, I don't usually record in this room, but as uh, I'm home alone at the moment, because Charlotte's away on work i'm recording downstairs so that's why the cat is making their appearance basically so what is what is number five in your top top five all time number five i think i would be doing myself and every other british guy just justice if uh i didn't either stay like notting hill or four weddings i don't know if i would okay. either one but I don't again think i've the, seen notting hill you, you know that? Have you not? No, oh, I've seen Four okay. Weddings. I really like Hugh Grant as well, but I've not seen I've yeah. not seen Notting Hill for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Either one of those, I can't pick in between. To me, they're kind of both the same in equal measures. You've got Will, um, you've got uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Richard Curtis on direction and writing. And they are just the perfect example of how to do a rom-com, you know, British rom-com. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's quite an eclectic mix there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm going to give you it's my... It's a bit all over the place as well. It is, it is. I'm going to give you my... What am I going to give you? I'm going to say four of mine to yeah. you. And, I'll, and, and one you'll definitely have seen. And I'm interested... I suspect two of the three you've seen um, of my top three. So Rocky, the original Rocky is in my top three. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. love... Um, I just love the whole... I think Rocky and Adrian's like the best love story of all time. Yeah. Um, and Not I, that, Rocky three with a bit of Hulk Hogan. No, I think... Joe, I'm going to say something co- slightly controversial. I think that... For me, I would put them in, in order of quality. One, two, three, four. Uh, sorry. One, two, three, six, five, oh. four. So I okay. really don't like four. I think four is like a incredible video package and all that sort of stuff. But the story is absolutely ridiculous that the Russian crowd <laughs> would ever turn on Ivan Drago. So that just turns me off of it yeah. completely. And also five is really bad as well, but they're pro- probably five and four and five about that level. But the bit that I don't, there's lots of bits I don't like, but between four and five, which is the next day in the, in the timeline of the films, mm. Rocky's son ages by about five years, maybe, maybe a bit more than that, maybe right. like eight years. So how many drugs, what drugs was Sylvester Stallone doing around that time to think that people wouldn't forget that? Like Rocky four, I think was out in maybe 86 or 87. Rocky five was out in 1990. That's not 40 years. And like no. people remembered that. So yeah, that's terrible. But the two, uh, so the le- the least niche, less niche one is High Fidelity. You seen that? I suspect you probably have. No, I haven't. Have actually, you not? Like, it's one of those ones that's on the list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you get around that. to doing it. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say to me, yeah, I read the book, I read the book. I've, no, I've watched no. High Fidelity is so good. Yeah. I mean, you, I guess you probably know the premise of the guy that runs the record store in, in Chicago. I think the book's set in London, I believe. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'd highly recommend that. And then the third one is a film called Swingers with John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, which is a bit Swingers. similar to uh, High Fidelity in terms of it's a bit relationship angsty, basically. Is that is that where they're like young Hollywood actors and they move? Yes. Is they that are... Heather Graham in it? Yes, yes. Yes, I've seen that one. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's all about John Favreau basically getting over his um his partner that's, that's broken yeah. up with him, basically. But yeah, that Swingers was for a long time. Swingers is probably my favorite film of all time. The only thing that lets wow. that one down is there's a bit of there's a bit of um 
verbiage in that that's very very dated now uh like an, kind of an insult between the two male characters and every time i watch it now I just like cringe out of my skin a bit but apart from sure, that yeah. it's um it's a fantastic film so and my number four is happy gilmore so there we go happy gilmore yeah uh, happy gilmore that's always a good one yeah <laughs> that's probably your my version of rush hour too basically so <laughs> So there we go. Yeah, you got to have like a, a silly kiddish like choice. Happy Gilmore. If it's on, I have to, I just have to watch it. Like I have to yeah, just drop what yeah. I'm doing and just watch it. Even if it's on like a random Sky Channel, which has got advert breaks in it. I'll just sit, I'll sit through it because I absolutely <laughs> yeah. love it so, so much. In fact, for a, um, a, like a, a golf, a friend's golf weekend that we do, I did, I did like a little video putting together the draw of it and I got Shooter McGavin to do us like a good luck message. It was mm. so good. It was so good. So, so good. So yeah, good stuff. Right. Now onto the UWF. So this is the first big gap that we've experienced so far in terms of missing television. So the, the last regularly, uh, regularly, the last regular review covered the episode that aired on April the 5th, 1986. And now we're on to the UWF show that allegedly aired on May 17th, 1986. Albeit, this is also labelled in places as being Power Pro Wrestling from that day. And also the UWF episode that aired on May the 24th, 1986. And this was discovered after watching this show and realising the second one on Callum's watch list uh, for our recording session. I'll let, I'll let you in a little secret. If the same guest host is on for more than one episode, we've recorded it at the same time. There you go. A little look behind the curtain after whatever I've done, 125 episodes or something now. So yeah, this was discovered after watching the first show. So we've got something a little bit different in store next week which I'll reveal at the end of the show. So that'll keep you all on, uh, keep you all very excited for the end of that show. So in terms of this promotion being owned and operated by Bill Watts, we are actually now inside the final 12 months as the sale to Crockett happened on April the 9th, 1987, albeit UWF television would remain in some form or fashion for the rest of that calendar year. So on with the show, we started with Jack Victory's op- <laughs> Jack Victory's girlfriend on screen with a graphic on graphic on screen. It's terrible notes, terrible notes on screen on screen <laughs> saying the bad girls on UWF. Did you used to watch Bad Girls on ITV? That's probably a bit before your time. <laughs> don't think isn't so. It? No, bit, bit well, before the time. A women's prison. To be honest, I don't know why I'm asking you that. That was too late for me to start and watch. Okay, probably in my mid-teens, you were like four or something at the time. Yeah, so I might have I been sus- watching Alien, but I've not been watching Bad yeah. Girls in a prison. <laughs> I suspect you didn't have a, a, a Bad Girls on VHS collection. It was no. a very popular show on ITV. I think maybe like Saran Jones got a big break in it, something like okay. that. Okay, I don't know who that is, Stephen. Famous. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't know who Saran Jones is. Oh, no, you're going to embarrass me. Am I meant to know who the person is? No, do you know what? It isn't, it isn't Saran Jones, I don't think. I think it's Deborah Stevenson, who is probably even less well-known. But yeah, broadcast on ITV, 1999. So I was 17 then, so I don't really know why I was going to bed that early, but there we go. Um, back where we are. So the bad girls in UWF, um, and I'm not sure if she'd been named at this point, but the lady with the mohawk was Maxine, and she was telling Dark Journey that... Um, he, Victory, wouldn't have anything to do with a woman like her. The camera zoomed out and Journey was there along with Jim Ross holding a microphone and Victory himself. Journey then chucked a cup of, I think, tea over Maxine and said something disparaging about her, which didn't age particularly well and then stormed off. I can't remember what she said, actually, so I watched this yesterday. Um, we then cut to a different promo where Maxine called her a sleaze bag and that she wouldn't get away with it. Um, we then got Bill Watts presents in fancy writing on the screen and the opening credits. Uh, what did you make of this opening? I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. Um, mm. I like the bit at the end where, um, who is the gentleman wrestler? And he, uh, Jack Victory. 
yeah jack victory and uh you know you know when you finish like having your piece and you might say right come on right let's go grab a drink like like you, you're finished and you just need to say something get out the room he slapped on the shoulder and right now let's go wrestle like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> that was their go-to phrase just to get out the room like come on we got stuff to do let's go wrestle <laughs> just crack me up after that that was exceptional uh jim yeah. ross is on commentary with michael hayes from the tulsa convention center and Ross talked about a trivia clue coming up, plus the big Houston tournament upcoming. And this was basically for um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was going to um, vacate the North American title. And they did a tournament for the UWF heavyweight championship. So they didn't kind of merge the old title with the new one. But we don't see any of this stuff in the coming weeks because the television shows are lost forever. So that is what he was talking about. Um and unfortunately here, the video was a bit messed up and the sound was was a bit off, which was quite annoying throughout this. Um, Ross thanked some of their new television markets, including Kansas, Las Vegas and Hawaii. Ross also talked about some fundraisers. And Callum, I can only apologise for asking you to review this one with the ultra grating sound. So, um, yeah, it's okay. Not, it was, it was bearable. I got through it. Yeah, it was yeah good. well <laughs> done. Because there was one a couple of weeks ago where it was like trying to watch wrestling through a fishbowl. Um, oh, yeah. This was, yeah. The problem is now that they're just not, these are not any of the masters. Like the masters and stuff don't exist. And these are all, from what I can gather, every single episode of this that exists is someone's VHS, someone's home video copy. Yeah. So, you know, from 1986, it's probably not going to, stand the test of time too well um gustavo mendoza was in action first against perry jackson and ross talks about the problems at the tea party between lady maxine and dark journey and this was to set up a match with dark journey's representative versus jack victory later in the show they talked about an angle with bill watts um which obviously we've missed um and i realized basically this is gonna be so difficult trying to trying to review this product with so much missing going forward albeit um, there is a period in June and July where I think we've got maybe seven out of eight weeks. So that'll be a decent run. Um, Mendoza hit one of the worst net breakers I've ever seen for the winning four yep. seven and yep. pulled on Jackson's tight so much that we always almost saw little Jackson. Uh, what did you think of this opener here? <laughs> I, I thought it was fine. Uh, Mendoza seemed to get really sad and got booed by the crowd, <laughs> which was funny <laughs> to me that I love it when a heel acts you know pandas to the crowd and says why don't you like me i'm doing all the re- I'm doing all these <laughs> horrible things to the nice guy yet you still don't like me I, I i quite enjoy when heels do that um yeah jackson took a real took a turnbuckle spot which really looked nasty he sold it well there but that's um that net breaker to finish was really stiff right i don't know if it was i mean it looked more like mendoza dragged jackson down instead oh, yeah. of both landing cleanly yeah like that was a real stiff job that i who knows if it was a, a botch or just the way that they portrayed it but um i thought it was a decent opener um i really enjoyed michael p hayes on commentary i think he stuck around for a few matches right yeah he, he i think uh yeah certainly certainly a few didn't he until, until he kind of went and did his match himself i think the shenanigans at the end yeah but I, I'd never been, um, I, I'd never seen much of uh, the Freebirds at all until I think they got they got their Hall of Fame um, induction sort of ten years or so back now. Yeah, and um, this guy, I mean, he looks so cool, right? And yeah, he, he is, did, yeah. he's got so much charisma. Um, and I'll touch upon, I touch upon a few real gems of commentary that he that he did. I'll sprinkle them in in the later matches, but. Uh, 
yeah, I really enjoyed his commentary and um, he was really good on colour. I really enjoyed his commentary. Yeah, I thought Hayes was was really, really good here. Yeah. Um, back with Ross, he threw to a video about using a UWF event to raise money for non-profit organisations. And this was one of Ross's initiatives to help uh, with driving the UWF forward around this time. And you can read all about that in his excellent first autobiography. Um, next up, Gary Young versus Ted DiBiossi. And Michael Hayes said on commentary that DiBiossi's face looked like it was a piece of chewed off corn. Um, Hayes said that DiBiossi's late father wasn't that good of a wrestler, as Ross said. That's cold, Michael. That's cold. Um, <laughs> dear, which I really, it was really amusing. Um, yeah. DiBiossi half killed Young with a close on to the face in three minutes and 30 seconds and then made him submit to the figure four in 3.50 um, with Hayes on commentary saying that he could have got out of that move. Um, they then went to break with Joan Jett's bad reputation uh, playing on screen and a graphic that came up that read UWF trivia contest clue number four his favorite maneuver has felled many wild animals and this had me stumped any idea on this clue and what do you think of dibiossi versus gary young here i have no idea what this clue was um his favorite move had felled many wild animals which is pretty insane to begin with i've got no idea but um the ted the ted dibiossi match was incredible um as you say, like, I mean, there was really good rest, uh, mat wrestling from DiBiase, takedowns, he worked the arm, really good stuff, very slick movements. And that clothesline to the figure four was a great win. And, and the fans in attendance were, were really cheering uh, yeah. DiBiase's win there. Uh, the two points that you picked out on commentary were the exact two points that I mentioned. Great insult from Michael Hayes, where he says he looks like a chewed up piece of corn. <laughs> I mean, that's just a, a, killer, a killer insult if I've ever heard one. And then when Michael Hayes was talking about Ted DiBiase's father, another brilliant piece of heel commentary. So he says, in my opinion, his dad was never a great wrestler. And that's a fact. And then JR <laughs> comes in and says, but his father was a multiple time world champion and an All-American, which Hayes replies, exactly. Facts are facts. <laughs> which is just, even, even when a heel is shown up to be wrong, they still can't admit still find to a it. Way. Yeah, that was really, <laughs> yeah, really, just, really good. Just, just brilliant. I mean, off the cuff as well. Fantastic stuff. It's a pity Hayes wasn't on, on this show a bit more, actually, but he, he was really, really good. Um, after yeah. break, Ross talks about what happened last week with Bill Watts having enough of the Russians. We cut to a clip where Watts said to Gilbert and Korchenko, he didn't want the Russian flag being put on anybody. Sting and the Warrior, the Blade Runners, turned up. Watts said he hoped they weren't trying to intimidate him because he was the president of the company and they'd all end up wrestling somewhere else. Steve Williams then came out um, to back up Watts, but was being held back by some refs. Then Watts blatantly sucker punched poor Korchenko as Ross screamed, Watts is standing tall. DiBiossi was out there to help as well as Watts smashed everyone. And they all bumped for him, even though he was moving in slow motion. I thought this was bizarre that Watts went on the offensive in this way. Uh, with Korchenko, like basically struck him with Korchenko facing the other direction. And Ross was just losing his mind while this was going on. And um, Before we go to the next clip, what do you think of the opening part of this angle? Yeah, it's really intense. And that sentiment of US versus Russia is prevalent, right? I yeah. Mean, it's, um, but this is coming to the end of the, I guess, the Cold War. So that I, I don't know. It's really, it's really intense. It, and it seems to be, I don't know. I know the heels are meant to be the foreign, you know, the foreign heel, right? That's the idea of it. Yeah. It, yeah, it just seems to be really intense and something that, that there isn't a clear baby face to this, to this, um, 
promo or this um this program i should say well, in I, my think opinion. I think not in their actions but because they're american right. they're, they're the american team they're the, they're the baby faces yeah i mean i can't remember so i think um i just just googled it, actually gorbachev was i can't i you know what i should have just said that i haven't googled it so then i could have been sound like i'm an expert in the cold <laughs> war but gorbachev was in charge by this point but i think it, it probably went on for i think the soviet union was dissolved in by the what, 91 I've got here. So, yeah, um, yeah so I guess it was, I'm trying to think when the, so Nikolai Volkov was a baby face and it went in the latter part of the, maybe, yeah, I don't know if he was, but maybe he was still a heel actually in 89 at 90. Yeah. I can't really remember. So, yeah, I guess WWF was still, was still pushing the kind of um, yeah. foreigner heel thing by this, around this time. Um, we then cut to Watts' home gym in Bixby, Oklahoma, and Ross was stood there with Steve Williams and Watts in front of a bench press. Watts and Williams were in wet in vests, in vests, too many W's and V's here. Watts and Williams were in the vests, and Watts wiped the sweat from his brow with an ugly-looking green towel. Ross said the phones had been ringing off the hook and that he had lost his temper last week, or Watts had lost his temper, and they want to know what's happening. Watts said he's always had a temper, he talked about a Russian athlete forfeiting a match against Steve Williams because they were scared. He talked about the troubles between Russia and Afghanistan in a pretty disparaging way and said that no one would walk over him. He saw what happened in the Superdome with Williams and it burnt his fanny. And also he'd watch Williams get the shaft from the Russians. Yes, we have descended in full carry-on mode during this promo. Um, he said he retired during the last stampede and that he wasn't coming back to wrestle. He was coming back for a street fight. Um what Bill didn't mention here was that the last stampede, which was his big like big retirement, come out of retirement run in spring 84, which is the best business Mid-South ever did at the arenas. Um, he'd actually been back since then and wrestled for, throughout the summer of 1985. So he had been oh, back okay. since then. Um, right. Classic uh, wrestling uh, retirement there. Excuse me. That's my doorbell first on the podcast. Give me one moment. Now, a more professional operation would have edited that out, but I'm not going to. Um, so... By the way, if anyone's interested, the delivery was a new scratch, a cat scratching post, some cat food, and an unidentified one, which hopefully is something for me. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Basically, he uh, back to Bill. He said they were going to take the Russian names and ship their fannies back to where they should be. Now, for our American re- listeners, the word fanny means something very different in the UK. <laughs> Google it if you like, but don't do it at work. <laughs> Ross compared it with World War Three, and then says the Koloffs will be there next week. What do you think of Watts' tirade here? I'm so glad you mentioned the Fanny comic. That was, that was immediately <laughs> what I was going to jump into. So, so first and foremost, very harsh words, incredibly impassioned promo. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was good at parts, and then it really well impassioned is probably the best. His way to delivery it. was great, but the some of the content is a little bit yes. grating, isn't yeah. it? I think with modern modernizers content was strange and immediately when he was repeating the word fanny which as you alluded to is something else in british slang um it really did take me out the promo um also the the moniker of the wrestlers at this time and age or this day and age being street fighters like everyday altercations was really part of a lot of their promos and a lot of their personality Whereas it doesn't really run through in this generation. It's definitely a lot more prize fighting, or that's what it's presented as on the screen. Uh, but you've got, you've, you know, you've got the lines where, where, where um, Bill Watts is saying things like, um, well, he, he alluded to uh, 
you know, when the Russian didn't turn up and, and forfeited the match and, and all this type of thing, like you really get the idea that they, they are just fighters, right? And they'll fight oh, the yeah. streaks if they have yeah. It's only just being presented on the screen because that just happens to be where they are at that point. Um, whereas nowadays, uh, the moniker of a real prize fighter is definitely presented. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. That has that has changed, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. Um, so the Sheep Herders were up next, going up against Tracy Smothers and Brett Wayne Sawyer. Ross said that Michael Hayes had gone to the back to prepare for his match with Terry Taylor, and he added that Ted DiBiase would be joining us for that match and commentary. Ross said that the big news was that the UWF had signed a barbed wire cage match between the Sheep Herders and the Fantastics, and that would they'd actually go around the loop with that match in the weeks to come. Um, the Sheep Herders hit their battering ram move that would be their finisher in the WWF, then hit their double gut buster twice on Smothers before putting him pinning him in 633. I thought this was pretty decent, actually. Um, one of the better outings of the Sheep Herders I've seen so far. What did you make of this? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, really impressed. I think um, you alluded to on previous past episodes that the Sheep Herders were, wasn't really much to be getting on with, but uh, yeah. this was really good. And um, th- there was at one point that the crowd were really, really hot for Smothers hot tag. Uh, they were fired up for that. Um, and the Sheep Herders got the pin. Um um, I don't know if there was if it was if it was the audio or not, but there just didn't seem to be much attention from the crowd into this match. I didn't hear many boos when the Sheep Herders won, and uh, I didn't really get that much crowd attention. But maybe that was the audio that we've been watching this uh, this episode on. I don't know. I think it's possibly just the. Um the crowd wasn't massively into this with I think so with heels and you know potentially more enhancement talent I think it's probably fair to say yeah um, so I think that yeah. probably was probably was the the issue here yeah um, but JR you know really selling the barbed wire match was um, was mostly what was being presented on commentary um and also the note that the sheep herders have been champions in 37 countries which if that's true that's pretty ooh. impressive right yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so I've got a cat invasion again here. She just won't, will not leave me alone here. I nearly accidentally knocked her off the, the table here. But if you're listening, RSPCA, we treat our cats very well here. And that was an accident. Um, and she would have landed on her feet as well, because obviously she's a cat, nine lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, David Peterson versus Kamala. Before the match, Hacksaw Jim Duggan came out, had a chat with Peterson, and they decided it was okay for Hacksaw to take his place. I hate stuff like this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, these two fought on the outside. Uh, after, uh, uh, these two fought on the outside after 90 seconds. Kamala threw Duggan back in and did a big dance style jump. That wasn't a great tactic at all because Duggan then drilled him with a flying headbutt. Um, Duggan kicked out of a Kamala splash in three minutes to a huge response from the crowd. And at 3.15, Kamala blatantly chopped the ref in the head for the DQ. Skandar Akbar then tried to hold Duggan and Kamala went to chop him, but he moved and Akbar ate the chop. The crowd loved it and Kamala was miles better here than he was during his early Mid-South run. What did you make of this impromptu Kamala versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan match? Yeah, apart from the bit where Peterson was just uh, okay with just giving up his spot, yeah, and, and like, does he still get paid? The, like, how does this work? I know, like, like, the contract, yeah. I know, that was the thing. And uh, you present one version of a product on air and then you completely change it just because the situation proves itself better. It's, it's never good, in my opinion. No, I agree. But, um, but yeah, Kamala being billed as 400 pounds, obviously quite an impressive feat. But then um, Duggan looked exactly the same size. So I don't know how much of that is hyperbole or not. But the crowd 
absolutely ate everything that Duggan did up, grabbed a table at one point um, and was pretty, they were pretty much hot for any of the offensive that he did. Um, and as you say, Kamala hitting the ref. Slight confusement as another ref came out and then raises Duggan's arm as in victory. But yes. I'm not quite sure what happened here. I'm guessing it was a no contest, but I think still, it was a, D- a DQ, weird, I think. A DQ win. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, DQ win. That makes sense then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so next up, Jack Victory versus Dark Journey's mystery wrestler. Ross said that if DiBiase came out for the commentary during the Hayes match, then Hayes said he would not wrestle. Uh, Journey got on the microphone and said she'd heard her challenge and her nasty comments. This is Maxine's challenge. She added that she didn't need a man to fight her battles. She then went for Maxine, but before long, Victory grabbed her and held on to her while Maxine attacked. Quite heavy duty here in terms of, you know, a man holding on to a woman while this happens. And Journey was a solid babyface here, um, with us last having seen her, along with Dick Murdoch, who was long gone to WWF by this point. Uh, what do you make of this uh, short segment? Yeah, there, there wasn't really much to add, apart from what you said, obviously. Um, the little scuffle. Um, and this always has me amazed that uh, female wrestlers, when they come out in high heels and still do everything, know, <laughs> they yeah. deliver all of that uh, with perfection. I Hats off to them, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know how they. I mean, I, I, how I think do that? how how do they do it? And how do they not like break an ankle? I, I just don't. I don't understand it at all. It's um, trained yeah, professionals. Quite a quite a feat here here there for, for the ladies to do that. Uh, where are we? So last up from Bad Street USA, USA Freebird Michael Hayes versus Terry Taylor. DBOC was on commentary as Michael's first name was misspelt on the key. Very amateur there. Ross wondered if Hayes had changed his mind about wrestling. Before the bell, Hayes spotted Ted and went on the microphone and said he wouldn't wrestle unless he got out of there. DiBiase then got off the stage, took his jacket off and headed down to ringside. He got in the ring and just like a match earlier on, or the last match, I think, wasn't it? He seemingly asked Taylor Mm -hmm. if he could wrestle instead. Taylor asked the crowd and said, best of luck to you, wear him out. These two then brawled, albeit I didn't hear a bell. Um, there was a bit of ground and pound in this from Hayes, which is, you know, a bit UFC-like, probably 10 mm. years before the UFC was even slightly popular. Um, the show then went off the air with these two still in the ring with the credits rolling over the top. So um, this is a decent little angle at the end here, building up the issue between Hayes and DiBiase. Um, and quite a fun episode, albeit the sound quality problems throughout were annoying. So Callum, what did you make of the ending of this show and what are your final thoughts on the May 17th? or May 24th, episode of the Universal Wrestling Federation. I really liked it. It was a very hot uh, episode, as alluded to at the start. I mean, Michael Hayes is such a star, right? And he's yeah, walking to the ring. I, I really want to go back and watch some of his stuff, because as I said, I've not really known... I've, n- I've not watched any of his, any of his um, in-prime in ring action um he really is a star and um again you know the dibiase on the commentary and they did the switch again um and again the crowd absolutely loved this they were really into the closing sequence of this yeah jr doing a fantastic job on commentary which i absolutely love when this happens is you know he signed off by saying this is why you buy tickets ladies and gentlemen to see us live as the broadcast is going off as these two men are presumably continuing to wrestle again when that hour's up of telly and you still got action going on you hate that the the the, you know you hate that you can no longer view what's going on because you just want to be in the action you want to see it the best way to sign off on telly in my opinion was exactly 
the how they signed off with this episode. Fantastic episode. Absolutely loved it. Leave them wanting more. So Leave next more. next week, given the lack of a UWF episode, and also that I've already sent links out to the next set of guest hosts for the next episodes after that, we're going to get in our time machines and look at what another wrestling company was reducing. Was reducing? Why can't I speak this evening? <laughs> was producing on their television in May 1986. So next week, Callum and I will review the episode of WWF All-American Wrestling that aired on May the 5th, 1986, and all original adverts have been included. They were on the video, and I can't wait for that. Until then, thank you very much for listening, and we should speak to you all again very, very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's number one Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid south moments. <laughs>